Welcome to another episode of Search News You Can Use with me, Dr. Marie Haynes. This is going to be a different episode than you're used to hearing from me, and I think you're going to like it. I know I'm going to like it. I had some really major revelations about my business, about my life, about SEO over the last week or so, and I realized that a lot of what I'm sharing in podcast is stuff that you don't tune into podcasts to listen to. We did a poll uh, just before Christmas and we asked a lot of you, why do you tune into podcast? And the vast majority want to hear my thoughts on what Google's doing, what Google updates are happening, um, and just insight that we've pulled out of the fascinating stuff that we've learned from SEO uh, over the week. And, you know, I want to tell you, I want to take you back and tell you a little bit of the story of how this podcast got started and how my career in SEO came along. And the reason why I want to share this, whenever I'm at a conference and I always meet up with somebody who I end up sharing the story with, and I find it's really inspiring. I mean, it inspires me to think that, um, you know, I used to be just somebody with, that was kind of interested in SEO. And, uh, and now we're going out to hire our 12th and, or 11th, 12th, maybe even 13th employee in the next few weeks. Uh, it, it just blows my mind. So if you tune in regularly to learn about Google algorithm updates, stay tuned. I'm going to share a little bit of information on, uh, what we know so far about the December core update. Uh, if you don't want to listen to that, I've written an article. I got asked to write an article for search engine land that was published just before Christmas and shares everything that we think so far about this core update. So I'll share some of that uh, later on in this podcast episode. I'm actually not going to do a Q&A today. Uh, we had some really excellent questions submitted, uh, but I have enough to talk about already, and so we'll push that to another week. Um, so let me get right in and start talking about uh, some of the revelations that we had. So first of all, I mean, 2020 has been a year that we'll never forget. Honestly, if you... When you're looking back on your life decades from now, you'll always remember where you were in 2020. This year has disrupted so many things. Um, I know many of you have, have suffered losses. You know, we, a lot of people, I'm fortunate enough to not know anybody personally that um, has died from COVID-19, uh, but pretty much everybody I know has been strongly affected by this virus. And so uh, the virus has changed a lot. I know it's changed a lot of businesses, whether they work remotely or not. Um, and it's changed a lot for us. Uh, we, all of my staff um, worked from home uh, from the moment we had lockdown orders back in March. And I've been going into the office uh, simply because our internet is bad. But something happened and our internet is better. And I can actually work from home now, which has made me rethink a lot of whether we need an office, uh, what type of office we need. And that's a whole discussion for another day. Um, but one of the things, here's one of the things I realized. So New Year's Eve, I'm doing some work. And one of the work, parts of work is to get the bills done uh, so that they're paid before the beginning of the month. And uh, it happened that I paid off, uh, David and I paid off uh, a huge debt that we had. Uh, and this happened on New Year's Eve. And I thought, how fitting that um, I can start the new year uh, with no debt. Not no debt, we have a mortgage, but in a much better financial place. 
And things are happening in the business. We started with this training program that we're putting together for our new staff that are coming in. And we just, I'm seeing my staff just blossom. They're, They're learning so much. They're doing so well. Our clients are getting good results. Just a lot of things are really, really coming together for our business. So yesterday, I'm here working at my home office now. So I have this, we have a room above our garage. And uh, it's so funny because David and I just uh, about an hour ago started packing this room full of furniture uh, because it was so echoey. And uh, and we had to go into the office to get my recording equipment uh, because apparently all of the power is out at our office. Nothing to do with COVID, something just completely random. And we thought, and they thought the power was going to be out for days. It turns out it's back now, but now I've got all my equipment here at home and a new home office. And it's just like a whole new start for me. So yesterday I'm doing research and I'm doing client research. One of the things I've been doing lately is looking at specific sites that have come to us, uh, because they've seen a drop with the December 3rd core update. And we had a lot of clients that saw nice recoveries, but we had some clients that did not do well with this December core update. And I have been so engrossed in, uh, trying to find the patterns, trying to figure out not how to manipulate Google, but figure out what types of content are actually winning and how can we advise our clients so that they produce better content. You know, this is very different from SEO that many people practiced years ago. And I'm going to share my story about how I first got started and, and, and learned about, I learned a lot of stuff from people who their main goal in SEO was to manipulate Google into thinking they were better than they were. And I realized that, you know, that's not what Google wants. Google wants us to, they do want us to make changes to our website. They've produced a whole guide on how to do SEO for your website. They've produced all sorts of things to help people who do SEO. You know, I meet people, uh, I don't meet people at parties anymore because of COVID, but when I go to parties that are not SEO parties, when I have in the past, people always ask me, does Google actually like what you're doing? Because in a lot of people's mind, SEO is synonymous with snake oil and trying to manipulate and trying to find tricks and loopholes. And if that's what you're trying to do, like, good luck to you because it's getting harder and harder to do it. So what we've been trying to do for many years is not completely re, re, uh, figure Google's algorithms, reverse engineer what Google's doing, but rather, um, just figure out what's working, figure out that, ah, after this core update, you know, all these sites that did a really good job at referencing scientific references and, and didn't contradict scientific consensus seem to be doing better, you know, and we might be wrong on that, but there's no harm in doing a better job for, uh, your customers and, and to make your website better. And so yesterday, uh, I started, uh, getting up super early. I got up at, uh, just after six, and, um, came right up to my new office here. And I just started working on, uh, this client that saw some December 3rd drops. And, you know, my auditor who's working on this. So generally what happens is, uh, my team, one of my team, if we're doing a review for you, my team will be the auditor. And, um, and then they come to me as they have questions or as something comes up where they go, you know what? I haven't seen this before. And we work through it. And sometimes we get the whole team involved if it's a really challenging problem, uh, that we haven't seen before. Uh, and sometimes we can, uh, pull on other, you know, one of my auditors might come to me and say, well, my client has, uh, this type of problem. 
And they can lean on another auditor because I can say, oh, you know what? I just went through that same type of problem with uh, this auditor. And it's been really, really cool to watch my team kind of learn uh, how to figure out SEO as, as I'm learning it as well. So as I'm doing this research on this December 3rd drop, uh, I got completely engrossed in it. Now, part of my time yesterday was trying to figure out online school. Those of you who have children at home that have been forced into online learning, kudos to you. It's been brutal. If if we can't get like a group of tech inclined people to be able to figure out whether you're sharing your screen, imagine trying to do a video call with 28 year olds. <laughs> like the, the teachers, the poor teachers have been really, really struggling. So I struggled for quite a while trying to help my youngest, uh, get onto online school. And we actually, uh, David took a, a bottle of wine and left it on the teacher's doorstep because she needed it after uh, trying to deal with this, um, <laughs> online schooling. Uh, and so when I was finished doing online schooling, I spent the rest of the day just going down rabbit trail after rabbit trail, trying to investigate sites that had December drops. And I started looking, uh, I found some information on, um, searcher intent and things that I'm going to share with you. I was going to share them in today's podcast, but I need to learn more before I share it. Uh, and so I found a bunch of things on searcher intent and some research articles that just, I thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed, uh, making some theories and trying to make a plan for this client to create content and to improve their website, uh, so that they can rank better. I'll tell you, some of you are probably wondering, uh, about what the problem was here. Here's a little brief overview. Uh, this particular client ranked number three for their main keyword. This keyword brings the vast majority of their traffic to their site. And they're number three behind two very official government sites. Um, and uh, the government sites, uh, they're both from the same, it's it's from the government of this particular country where this site is from. Uh, and so we don't expect that our client is going to suddenly rank number one for this query because they are not the official, go the official governing body for this uh, particular type of search. But what I noticed was that um, the government site that had position number one and also position number two, the URL that was at position number two switched after the December core update. And it switched to one that was an incredible informational example uh, for people who were typing out this query. And um, more and more what we're seeing as we analyze websites that were affected by this December core update is Google just got better at figuring out which pages answer a person's query. I'm, I'm going to give you more information on that in the future, and I, I apologize that I don't have it to you today, uh, and I'll kind of explain a little bit why I don't have that today. So during the day, uh, what I usually do is just when I need a break, I'll pop into Twitter and I'll answer a couple people's questions. The number of questions I get about SEO on a daily basis is unbelievable. Um, but I love it. I love when you ask me a question, if I don't know the answer and I go find the answer, then I've improved my knowledge. Um, and so I'll spend time on Twitter. And one of the things I saw on Twitter was a post from SEMrush and SEMrush said, uh, what is your dream job in digital marketing? And I said, you know, my dream job would be to just spend the whole day figuring out stuff on the internet. Well, that is my job. <laughs> I do have my dream job. And, uh, but yeah, and then I thought, well, why is it so hard? And it's because I'm doing too much. I'm seriously doing too much. I mean, I do figure stuff out on the internet all day. Everything that has to do with SEO, I try to learn it. 
And one of the revelations that I had is that I'm going to be teaching more on the stuff that I do on a day-to-day basis. So I'm going to be teaching and speaking more on uh, my observations that I find, um, my team's observations, really cool stuff that we've had happen with our clients, um, and maybe a little bit less on some of the stories that uh, I'm not actively involved in. Um, so let me, uh, let me tell you a little bit about the history of this company. Some of you who are listening to this podcast, I've met you at a conference and I've told you this story and everybody always tells me it's such a cool story. Uh, and so I thought I would share it. I think some of you have not heard the story. And again, I, I know a lot of you, uh, maybe not a lot of you, some of you come to this podcast, uh, to get the latest headlines on SEO and, and that you can still do that. You'll, you'll learn the, you know, the most important stuff when you listen to this podcast. Um, but we realize that most people come to us for our insight. So here's the story. In 2008, I, uh, we had just had a baby and, uh, so Isabella was born and David, uh, just got into real estate. David used to work for Guinness, the beer company, and he used to go from bar to bar and uh, carry kegs in. His shoulders are just wrecked from carrying kegs. When we first met, he tried to impress me by lifting a keg with one hand. He didn't tell me it was empty. It's not too hard to lift an empty keg, apparently, with one hand. (laughs) But he worked really hard, and he's always wanted a job where uh, he could be a professional as opposed to a, a laborer. And so back in 2008, David got his real estate license and, um, you know, he's, he does a fantastic job at real estate. Uh, and so we had this website built for us and I had never heard what SEO was, but I went to a seminar to learn about how to uh, make it more likely that people would find our website online. And even back then in 2008, the knowledge was, uh, not great. (laughs) I remember there was a lot of stuff about, um, your meta keywords tag. Now, back in 2008, that was already obsolete. Uh, I mean, there are still our uses for the meta keywords tag. Uh, A lot of um, search engine, internal search uh, uh, functions will use the um, meta keywords tag, but but this is not the way, and it wasn't the way in 2008 to make your uh, pages rank better. Um, And so I sort of started on this quest then to just figure out, uh, you know, how can we help David's website? And at the same time, I created, uh, I learned how to create a website of my own. I've always wanted to learn how to make a website and I did a hello world tutorial and created this veterinary website. So part of the story is that I was a veterinarian. I was a veterinarian for several years, 13 and a half years. And before that, my whole life was dedicated to looking after animals. I had a job from 14 years of age at an animal clinic. um, And I did everything I could to be the best veterinarian that I could be. And at the time in 2008, uh, probably my, well, definitely my most prestigious client was Stephen Harper, the prime minister of Canada. Um, And I used to see his daughter all the time with her hamster. Uh, you know, that's tough because there's not a lot you can do to save hamsters when they're sick. Uh, but it was kind of cool, right? That the, um, you know, the, the men and women would, the security would come with their, uh, all wearing black and black sunglasses and stand outside the clinic and, and, uh, and I'd be, you know, giving veterinary advice to the, the prime minister of Canada's family. That blows my mind, right? Like that things that like that can happen. And I loved being a veterinarian. And then this thing happened where I hurt my back. My back has been, has had so many problems and I don't like to complain about it. Uh, it's doing quite well recently. So that's, that's a good thing. Um, and when I first hurt my back though, I was stuck on my couch. 
for not literally I could crawl off the couch uh but I couldn't do much else uh, it was a challenge to even get to the bathroom when I hurt my back and I was that way for a good six weeks so we bought a laptop and I did a hello world tutorial in on about.com and uh learned how to make a website and I created this veterinary website you can find it online if you want to but just know that I haven't I've barely touched it in years uh it used to perform really really well and, um, and now it doesn't, <laughs> and it's been a good monitor of, uh, and it shouldn't because I don't have EAT as a veterinarian anymore. Uh, I still have some expertise, uh, from the past, but I'm not actively a veterinarian and it shouldn't be something that Google wants to rank. Um, but it got me really interested in SEO. So I used to hang out in the SEO chat forums. Uh, there used to be a, uh, uh an actual forum. I think they're gone now. I know they went defunct for a while and we tried, they tried to, somebody tried to revive them, um, but they're gone now. And every day I would be in there asking questions and slowly bit by bit, people would ask questions where I actually knew the answer to it. So David and I were talking about this last night and uh, I said, you know, in 2011, when Panda came out and David goes, what date was it? <laughs> because he knows that I remember like all the dates, they were so important. I remember when Panda came out and it really bothered me last night. I thought it was April 23rd. It was February 23rd, uh, 2011 that Panda first came out. Now I wasn't an SEO at the time. I was just somebody who was interested in SEO. Um, but what I saw was in all the forums, so many sites were struggling and people didn't know what it was about. You know, we called it farmer for the longest time because it seemed to affect, uh, farm sites that basically stole other people's content and published it as their own. Um, and then, uh, people just started creating theories and, uh, and I wrote down everything I could read on Panda. And if somebody wrote a really good article, I'd read it and go, well, can I, do I believe that? Is that something I should put into my theories on how Panda works? Um, and then I started to write my own stuff on Panda. And I'm still a vet in this whole time. And, and a lot of this I was doing in between appointments uh, or after, uh, after work. Um, you know, just, I, don't, I don't think I've ever had the concept of just coming home and relaxing. Uh, it's a tough thing for me to, to do. Um, and so then the next year, I think you all probably know what happened on April 24th of 2012. I have that date down because that was when Google launched the penguin algorithm. And again, when it first started, we didn't know what it was about. Everybody in the forums was like, I mean, I think some people thought it was about link quality, but Google's guidance uh, at the beginning was, it didn't really tell us a whole lot about links. They talked about on-page web spam issues like keyword stuffing and hidden text. You know, if you have white text on a white background, that those can be signs of spam. Uh, but it became clear after a while that sites that were being affected were sites that had very heavily overdone link building. And the thing that really, really affected me as I was in these forums, you know, a lot of people were like, well, if you got hit by Penguin, you deserved it because you've been spamming and you artificially propped up your rankings. And why should you deserve to stay there when somebody who hasn't paid for unnatural links is, uh, is thriving, you know, like it doesn't, it doesn't make sense. So, um, the thing that really, really, really hit me was when I would see legitimate business owners come into forums and just say that their businesses had been devastated. Uh, I worked at the time, uh, many years ago with a, a website that used to rank, uh, really, really well for queries about music. Uh, it was a music um, 
lessons place. God, a music lessons place. What is that? They gave music lessons and music instruction. And they would rank for things like guitar lessons, New York City, like things that were very, very hard to rank for. And this, uh, this man's business did really, really well. And he had, he grew and he had tons of employees and, uh, was very, very profitable, uh, because he ranked so well on Google. Now he didn't do anything illegal or immoral. Uh, I can't remember if he hired a company or if he made these links himself, but he had links that like he was ranking on the power of directory links and like e-zine article links with keyword anchored links pointing back to his site. It's not like he was doing some horrible, immoral thing. But rather, uh, he just got affected. You know, he did something that worked or he paid for somebody to do something that worked. And then when Penguin hit, it devastated his business. I believe this client had a manual action as well around the same time as Penguin. Um, and, and it really, really affected me. Now, the man uh, who did this, I haven't heard from him in a couple of years, but last I heard he was doing something in digital marketing. You know, I, he, we worked together so much to try to figure out what uh, Google was doing and how to recover. Um, and he made some degree of recovery, but never a full recovery because he only ranked based on the power of these unnatural links. So the thing that I realized around this time was that there really was nobody in the world who was publicly known as somebody who thoroughly understood and could help businesses that were hit by the Penguin algorithm. Now, there were good experts. Uh, I learned so much at the time from Glenn Gabe. I still do learn from Glenn Gabe all the time. Um, and I learned a lot from Jim Boykin. We don't hear a lot from Jim, uh, you know, these days, uh, Jim runs a company, internet marketing ninjas, and, uh, Jim has great insight into penguin. And, uh, you know, probably at the time, if you had to name somebody to be the expert in penguin, it was probably either Jim or Glenn. I might be forgetting some people. There were many other people at the time, uh, that had really good thoughts on penguin. Um, but the reality was that there was nobody that you could look to and say, oh, if you want the world's leading expert on link issues and cover recovering from them, you need to talk to this person. And so I don't know if it was a conscious decision where I said, well, maybe I could be that expert. I, I really don't think it was. I never thought, I don't think I thought that I would be a, a leading expert. And I don't claim to have Penguin completely figured out, but I do think that there's probably nobody outside of Google on the planet who has put more time into reading stuff about Penguin and trying to understand it than I have. Uh, it, it was an obsession. I used to have dreams. Uh, I had a dream one night that Matt Cutts called me into his office and he showed me this big red button and he wanted me to press the button uh, to announce to the world that there was going to be a penguin update. Like it was my life obsession. And at the same time, I was still a veterinarian. But at the same time, life happens. You know, I started learning SEO because I hurt my back. And then in 2012, just a couple of months after Penguin first rolled out, uh, I had another blow, um, although it really wasn't a blow. Uh, I was pregnant again with our second daughter, Daisy, and Daisy's now eight years old. And, um, uh, and I was put on bed rest. So with my first pregnancy, I had some issues. Uh, I had some bleeding issues and some other things where we were really worried uh, that Isabella wouldn't survive. And not only did she survive, I mean, she was perfectly healthy and she's a fantastic 12-year-old today. Um, but when in my second pregnancy, I had one episode of bleeding, very, very minor, and the doctor said, nope, you can't work. 
You certainly can't be a vet. You just need to stay home and do nothing. <laughs> so I couldn't do nothing. I stayed home. I remember we bought a new laptop. I bought the MacBook, MacBook Pro, the 2012 edition. It was brand spanking new. I've had several MacBook Pros since then. And, uh, and I just started learning more and more about SEO at this time. Um, and I was thinking, what is my motivation behind this? This is part of the thought that went on during this week that I've been off and I haven't been preparing for podcasts and I've been just kind of reflecting on uh, my career and, uh, and my business. And you know, <laughs> it was probably about 2 a.m. last night. Uh, I think I finished work at 3 a.m. and then got up again at 6 to keep working on this because uh, there's just so many things going through my head. But at probably 2 a.m. I thought, why do I do this? Why? Like, my life is stressful. It's fun, but it's stressful. The, the pressures of publishing podcasts every week are stressful. And dealing with um, HR issues, even though my staff is incredible... It's stressful. There's a lot of stuff. So why do I do this? Why do any of us do this? That, you know, those of you who decided to go freelance and take on a few clients, why did you do it? I suppose money is always a driving factor. I mean, I make much more money now than I did when I was a veterinarian. And I have a lot of potential to make a significant amount of money. Um, most of the extra money that, uh, that we earn now goes right back into the business. You know, we're, we're really, um, focused on, on growing this business and paying our employees well. We just went through a whole series where everybody got a raise, uh, everybody got benefits this year. Um, so we worked with a, a broker to get health benefits, uh, which is a big deal because in Canada, a lot of stuff is covered, but um, not our dental coverage and, uh, and, and a lot of medical prescriptions and things like that. So, you know, that's, that's pretty cool, but still like, is my main motivation in putting myself through this much work, even though I love it to make money? I don't know. And you know what I, I realized? I realized the secret, I have like the secret that when you learn something, if you teach it to somebody, it's like you've put it in your brain in a place that's much easier to access. And so, Back years ago, when somebody would ask me, hey, Marie, what's the limit for a disavow file, the size limit? And I would go, I, I don't know. And I'd look it up. I've looked in the Google documentation and, oh, it's two megabytes. Okay, well, now I know that. You know, I didn't have to look it up for me to tell you that just now. That's knowledge that's in my head because I helped somebody with it. And I think I made like this, um, almost a hidden rule for myself that if I learned something, I had to teach it to somebody. I had to tell somebody and that's good. But the thing is nobody can know everything in the world. So yesterday when we finally got online school set up and I'm just about to head up to my office and get back into my update uh, work and figuring out the December core update. I heard Daisy and her teacher and her class going through their grade three teaching and they were talking about New Year's resolutions. Well, these kids didn't know what a resolution was and uh, so the teacher was trying to explain it. One of the kids said his resolution was to be able to ride his bike and pet his cat while his cat's in the basket of the bike at the same time without falling down. I thought that was a really, really good New Year's resolution. It's one that I've never had. Uh, and then Daisy gave her answer and it, it, it blew me away. She said, you know, no one in the world knows everything. 
and I just want to improve myself by learning more. Now, Daisy didn't hear all of the stuff that was going on in my head and how I'm, you know, realizing that uh, I want to learn more so that I can teach people so that it's in my head. <laughs> it's like I'm using you. As I teach you something, I'm using you to put that information in my head. Uh, but I, when she said that, just something clicked. No one in the world knows everything. And I realized I'm trying to be the expert on all things SEO. And I'm not the expert on all things SEO. I do feel like I'm an expert on a lot of things. Again, I don't claim to have everything figured out. And there are many people who have more knowledge in all of these areas, maybe, than I do. Uh, if you want to talk about EAT and about link quality, about Penguin, about Google penalties, I'll go toe to toe with you any day. And I feel like I could answer more questions uh, without looking than, than most people on the planet. But if you want to ask, ask me about hreflang, core web vitals, Google posts, these are all things that I know lots about because I've written about it in newsletter. I've covered it in newsletter. I've read about it in my podcast for years now. But those are things that I don't actively do myself, but my team does. So I want to take you back to how I first started uh, earning money as an SEO. I was in these SEO chat forums and people kept asking me, can you help tell me if my website was affected by Penguin? And that might seem like a silly question because most of us know that you can look at your Google organic traffic and you can say, oh, our traffic went down on the same day that Google updated this algorithm. So therefore we were probably affected by it, but not everybody knows that. And people didn't know that back then. So I said, look, I'm not an expert in SEO, but I'll create this report for you where uh, I charged $89 us. And the report was essentially, you gave me access to your Google analytics and I would go into Google analytics and, uh, just take some screenshots and, um, and, and figure out, uh, where you affected. I'd have a quick look at links. I was, I, I've been subscribed to Ahrefs for probably 10 years now, close to that. Um, I had a, a quick look at your links. And, you know, after looking at case after case after case, I could start to see the patterns that like, you know what, all these sites that were affected had spammy directory links. They had all these low quality types of links. And I learned more and more and more. So as I learned more, I started to put more in my report. So instead of just looking at your links, uh, I started to look at some competitor links and say, look, this competitor's finding links by doing these amazing things. You could do this, this, and this. And I, I added stuff. Now, if that client back then had asked me, uh, to look into their hreflang, for example, I would say, no, that's not something I do. Um, and so I focused on things that I knew and things that would help me learn. And here's the thing. I have access in Google analytics to sites that I analyzed 10 years ago. Not everybody's taken me off of Google analytics and this has given me so much data. So when Google does something like, you know, uh, another update that we think, oh, is this a link related thing? We have hundreds of sites now that we can look at and go, well, we flagged this site had link related issues. Uh, so maybe we should look back at their analytics. It's just, I had no idea I was creating this great system, uh, back, uh, when, uh, when this all first started. So then at some point I started offering a Google penalty newsletter. And this newsletter 
all it was was see Google never used to tell us when they ran a major update occasionally they would come out and say yeah we're gonna run something big this week but often what would happen is the SEO community would notice like oh my goodness something huge happened when when Penguin first came out on April 24th of 2012 there was a Panda update, I want to say on like the 26th or the 27th. And then there was another Penguin update shortly after that, uh, or vice versa. Like there was a mixture of Penguin and Panda that all came together. And Google didn't tell us about it until about two weeks later, they said, oh, by the way, when you guys were all <laughs> looking at Penguin and, and, and uh, they didn't call it Penguin back then, it was a while before it got the name Penguin. But when you were looking at this other update we did, uh, we made changes to the Panda algorithm at the same time. And I remember people were so confused and, oh, that's what it was. Around the same time, later that year, there was the exact match domain update. And that happened two days uh, before or after a Panda update. And the Panda update was huge. Tons of sites were affected by Panda, but Google had only announced the exact match update. And so in that situation, tons of people were like, I've been affected by this exact match domain penalty thing, and I don't even have an exact match domain. Can you help me figure out what's going on? So as I've learned more and more, I've been trying to share on this. And like I said, I created this newsletter and the newsletter, the whole point of the newsletter was for me to send you an email to say, yes, Google just confirmed that they updated this or Google didn't confirm it, but all of the data points to a link related update happening. Um, or maybe we think, you know, Google, uh, did this and did that. Um, and then over the years, uh, as I learned more stuff, I started adding it to newsletter. Then a few years ago, we had this idea that why don't we do a podcast? And the podcast, if you've been listening to the early episodes of podcast, early episodes were essentially me reading the newsletter. Now I used to write the entire newsletter and then on podcast day, I would essentially just read through it. And then I'd throw in the odd bit of like, oh, by the way, that was interesting because of this, you know? So it was mostly just me reading my newsletter. Well, then what happened is, uh, that I decided to, um, have a team with me. I decided to hire an employee. I was going to hire one employee because at this point, so ever since I started taking client work and I, I won't go into all the details of, uh, although, you know, I know it's interesting, but at some point we need to, uh, uh, we need to, we need to, <laughs> we need to put a quash on this because I'll just keep talking, uh, forever and ever. Um, so in 2017, I decided that it was time for me to hire somebody. Uh, when I first started taking client work, um, in, I guess 2013 really was the first client work I took. Uh, I did very well. And from that point on, I've had a waiting list ever since then. Um, and so I thought, well, if I hire somebody, I can get through more reports and maybe make some more money, uh, and learn more as well. And so my goal was to hire one person and David and I went to look at some, uh, offices and, um, as I'm looking at the offices, uh, we passed, uh, we were going to get like this one room that had room for maybe two desks on it. And, uh, and we passed this office and it was office number 404. And I made a joke that David didn't get cause he's not techie and we, he laughs about this. I can joke about it cause he knows that I tease him on it. I said, office 404, nobody will be able to find us. <laughs> I think that's hilarious. I think it was absolutely hilarious, but David didn't get it. It took him about three years when one day he found a 404 page and went, wait, that's what that joke meant. And so 
Uh, Office 404, but the problem is Office 404 was three times as big as what we wanted to buy. And it had multiple rooms and, uh, and, uh, uh, it was something where we thought, well, maybe one day we could do this, but David is a dreamer. And David said, no, no, let's just do it now. <laughs> let's hire more than one person. And so we decided to hire more than one. And, uh, you know, one day I'll probably talk about our whole process. And I've, I've learned a lot about hiring people. I don't claim to have all the, uh, you know, the expertise in that area. Uh, but we've done really well. In the years that we've been doing this, we had one employee we had to let go. And he was a lovely, lovely person, uh, but just wasn't a good fit for this type of work. And so we learned from that. He's doing well as far as I can hear. But we've done really, really well with uh, getting good people. In, into MHC. Um, and so we ended up hiring three people instead of one. And uh, it wasn't long before our fourth came along. And then we started realizing that we're too cramped in this little room with three, uh, three rooms. One office was mine. One we actually uh, let our accountant call in. I'll talk about him in a minute. Um, use for a while. And then we had the rest of the, the team sort of around this one table. Uh, and then we thought, well, let's, let's see where we could move to. So we stayed in the same building and we got a bigger office and this was office number 300. And I joked that we should be a 301, right? If we were 404 and nobody could find us, then we 301 to another office, but we moved into office 300, but get it. We ran out of space. <laughs> we had too many people. We hired a few more people and we were so hot in that office because all the computers uh, were on all the time and it was just boiling hot. We had amazing sunlight, uh, but it was really hot. So guess where we moved to? We moved to Office 301, and now we can make all the jokes again about how uh, you know we're redirecting people. We used to get all these people that would come to our office, and and they'd want to find like there's a lawyer's office in the same building that is very similar, and we'd redirect people to this office. It was it was fantastic. It really was a good place. So 301 is where we are at now, um, and we've been growing and growing, and we currently uh, are going through resumes again to hire more people, which is terribly terribly exciting. Um, so as we get more employees, one of the first things that they do is they start writing for newsletter. Because again, if they can teach on something, and writing a paragraph on newsletter is essentially teaching. If they can teach on something, then they've learned it. And what we're finding now, I used to find that if somebody asked me a question, I would find the answer and then I'd say, all right, there's something I didn't know. Let me teach that to my team. And we'd have a learning time and every, we'd have a discussion on it and we'd learn it. Well, now when somebody asks me an SEO question that I don't know the answer to, I draw on my team for the answer. So instead of me learning it and teaching my team, I go to the team and say, hey, somebody asked this question about core web vitals. And now I know about core web vitals, but I have not looked specifically at certain clients' core web vitals. My team has. And so if we have a question on core web vitals, one of my team members has uh, written an article that ranks really well for core web vitals and answers pretty much every question that you would want on the subject. Another of my team asked for uh, whether we could carve out some time for him to learn more on the subject so that he could do better at providing advice to his clients. And we said, of course, yes, let's do that. And now when a question comes up on core web vitals, I can draw on them because they've seen the real life examples. They've done this in real life. So then what I realized is bit by bit, podcast day was becoming incredibly stressful because I'm trying to teach on things that I might have a basic knowledge on, but I don't actively use on a day-to-day -day basis. 
So I don't know what the future holds for this podcast. I know that I'm terribly excited. I I wanted to share one other thing about um, this revelation that I had. So on the week that I had off over Christmas, we had a blast at home. We, We got a ping pong table and, uh, and, and we, oh, we had bonfires for our family you know, we didn't mix with uh, anybody else for COVID reasons, uh, but we had a really good time. We also played an awful lot of Fortnite. And uh, if you've listened to this podcast for a while, you know that I really, really like playing Fortnite. It just feeds something in my brain. Uh, it helps me to just take my mind off of things when my brain is spinning on SEO and on, on Google things. And I love it immensely. One of the things that I've really enjoyed doing is watching Fortnite content creators. Most of these are kids. They're, they're young 20 year olds, maybe even younger, um, creating this content that does well, like some of them make millions of dollars. And an interesting thing I'd love to talk about in a future episode is that EAT is a part of YouTube's algorithms as well. I have tons of ideas for these, uh, these kids that could help them to, uh, to rank better. But I started thinking about how YouTube's algorithms, uh, you know, they do a really good job at showing me what it is that I want to see. Last night when I couldn't sleep, <laughs> Just before I went to bed, I thought, well, all right, I'll, I'll watch some videos. And I watched some, uh, there's a guy named Marin MT, Marin TM, I think. And he's just a really good Fortnite player. And, uh, Google kept serving me his videos and it was exactly what I needed to see. And I realized that the unifying feature about each of these videos is that the content creator absolutely loves what they do. You can hear it in their voice. You can hear that they're just so excited to tell everybody about what they learned about Fortnite this week. And I want that to be me, not for Fortnite, who knows? <laughs> maybe one day, maybe one day I'll, I'll uh, create some Fortnite content, but not for quite a while. Um, but I want that to be me where I'm so passionate talking about the things that I wanna learn about in SEO that you can't help but listen. You know, and so anyways, that was a whole lot of babbling for me to tell you my, my backstory. I wanted to share it because some things are going to change. So you're going to find that this podcast is more just me talking uh, about my thoughts and about the things that I've learned. And I'm going to teach less and less on things that are not a part of my day-to-day workload. But that doesn't mean that you're going to have less of that in newsletter. My team writes the vast majority of newsletter now. And although I stay up to date with it so that I can talk about it on podcast, now I don't need to get into that level of understanding on absolutely everything in SEO. Hopefully, uh, that makes a lot of sense. Um, our reports, if you're a client of ours have not changed, I'm still meeting with each of my auditors to go through, uh, all of our, uh, our, our reports, our site quality reviews. Um, and, uh, you know, we'll, we're still working on perfecting that whole process, but, uh, but just know that, um, some really exciting things are happening in my life. So I, I feel like we've reached this point where the MH team, MHC team, they have more knowledge on many subjects than I do. And when I realized this last night, I actually burst into tears because this is my dream. My dream, when I said, I I don't know why I do this, you know, my dream is to have a whole group of really smart people who are just as obsessed about understanding Google and about helping business owners as I am. And I have such an incredible team that works around me and with me. And we've been through so much this year with COVID and working remotely. And, uh, and you know, my team have been such an incredible support. I'm so, so proud of them. And I'm so proud that this business 
has come out of me just trying to be interested in learning stuff. So, you know, I, I, I had hoped to get into a little bit more on the December core update, uh, and I will in the future episodes. Um, as I learn stuff, I'm going to share that with you. And uh, if you enjoyed me just rambling, <laughs> then please let me know. Um, on Twitter is usually the best way uh, to do that. Um, there's some really good stuff in newsletter this week on uh, on improving content to improve, uh, to be better at um, meeting users' needs. And I've just realized I do need to share with you uh, this information from Ahrefs. So we, uh, and, and don't worry, I know this is a sponsored thing, but it's going to be uh, very helpful as well. So I do want to leave you with this one fact. We haven't covered our sponsored part of a uh, newsletter yet. And um, this has been something we've struggled with as well, you know, because, uh, because we have many companies now that want to sponsor us and want me to talk about how amazing their product is. And there's not enough hours in the day for me to try out every product. But I use Ahrefs on a daily basis. I asked my team uh, yesterday, you know, how often would you say you use Ahrefs? Like a couple times a week and uh, the vast majority of my team are in it multiple times per day. Uh, it's such a, a fantastic tool. Um, as uh, those of you who are podcast listeners will know, uh, what I've been trying to do is, um, even though this is sponsored content, is just share stuff that would help people even if you don't want to become a, uh, a, a, um, a customer of Ahrefs. Ahrefs shared this tweet this week uh, about part of their content tool, their keyword tool that allows you to actually see questions for certain keywords. And I've shared this in newsletter. If you're a free or a paid member of newsletter, you'll see um, uh, this process that you can go through. And one of the examples that I gave was we have a client who has a post that ranks well for eyelid bumps. If you see like a lump on your eyelid and you're doing some research to try to figure out, well, why do I have this lump? Uh, what is it? Is it something serious? Is it cancer? Um, you know, my client's, uh, post actually does a really, really good job, but maybe it could rank for more things. So I put the words eyelid bump into, or maybe it was eyelid lump. I can't remember into Ahrefs keyword tool. And what the keyword tool did uh, was give me um, the many different things. It can do a lot of things, and I can't explain all of it in this uh, Hrefs podcast sponsored section. Um, but one of the things that it did was show me questions that are common questions that users have in regards to eyelid bumps. Uh, and so what I've done in newsletter is essentially said, look, you can take these questions and some of them should be headings on your post. And some of them should be just worked into the text in your post. And if you do this, you'll find that your content does a better job at meeting the needs of more searchers. And I truly feel that this is the goal of the December core update. Um, you know, we've seen websites that, uh, we do feel like Google did a reassessment of EAT. And one of the things I talked about in newsletter this week, and also in my search engine land article that I was honored to write, uh, just before Christmas on this, um, I talked about, uh, some of our theories and, and what we're seeing. And, you know, we have some clients that have been working very hard at improving their EAT that saw some, uh, some changes, some nice changes with this update. And I do feel like Google did, I think with every core update, 
they kind of reassess EAT and they have new factors. You know, a lot of uh, EAT uh, probably comes from information that is in Google's knowledge graph. And as the knowledge graph grows, your ability to be seen as a trustworthy site can change as well. If I start talking about this now, I'm going to be another hour and I'm not going to have any voice left. So you're going to have to stay tuned for future episodes or you can find the newsletter at mariehaines.com slash newsletter. If you're listening to this podcast on YouTube, uh, you know, right now we just have the voice on YouTube. I, 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 one day we'll probably make this a video thing, uh, but you can get this on YouTube. If you subscribe to us on YouTube, um, it, you'll be able to, uh, see in the future, we're going to have more webinars. We've done plenty of webinars on EAT and other subjects, but that's something that's, uh, in the future as well. Um, and if you are whatever platform you're on Spotify, Google play, uh, YouTube, wherever you are, I would greatly appreciate if you can leave me like a like or a thumbs up or look at me, I'm sounding like a YouTuber now, right? I'm, one, I'm like one of these Fortnite content creators. Uh, when Daisy was barely able to talk, when she was like 18 months old, <laughs> we realized that maybe she was watching too much YouTube because one night I said goodnight to her. And as I'm closing her door, she says, mommy, I said, yes, Daisy. She says, don't forget to like, and subscribe. <laughs> She's 18 months old at the time. Anyways, if you have the ability to like and subscribe to this podcast, that would help me. If you have thoughts on this type of format, as I'm just rambling, I'd love to hear your thoughts. You can find me on Twitter at Marie underscore Haynes. You can reach out to MHC if you want to hire my team and I to look at your website and give you help on how you can improve your website to not only do better on Google, but also uh, do better in searchers' eyes. Our website is MarieHaynes.com. You can find the newsletter at mariehaines.com slash newsletter, and you can reach us at uh, help at mariehaines.com. Thanks so much for listening, and I wish you the best of luck with your rankings. Mm -hmm.